mean, it sure feels like it's in the shadow, right? The shadow of my rage? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, it's Scorpio season, Jen, so it is. everything is in the shadow it's my of your time. rage right now. It's my rage. time to shine. Exactly. Um, welcome to Faded Mates, everybody. I am Jennifer Prokop, famous Scorpio. Famous okay. Scorpio. <laughs> I'm not a famous anything. Uh, my students once asked me if I could make, like, they were like, why don't you have a Wikipedia page? And I was like, kids, you just can't make them for your teachers. Cool story, though. Uh, I mean, you, they could try. They could. They could. I'm Sarah McLean. I write romance novels and I read romance novels. And we are very excited because today we have one of our favorite writers with us. We have one of those writers who we like text each other late at night about with yeah. us. So oh, yeah. that's exciting. Welcome, Katie Robert. We are so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. And like, that is the highest of compliments, like the late night text <laughs> author. Like, that's me. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, you have, re- you released, um, you've released how many books during quarantine? Oh, more than a few. I, I, I produce when I'm stressed and I've been under extreme stress like everybody else and so uh it's weirdly like produced some very non-planned projects that are actually like really rewarding so I mean it's working out I guess but yeah yeah, like Jen and I approve of these unplanned projects we're going to talk about one of them today so oh yeah we probably just made a bunch of enemies though because I would imagine that the people who do not produce one stress are like that bitch, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm here, I'll say it. That bitch, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I, as I saw somebody tweet about it at some point in the past this year, there was like, are you really working well under stress? Are you a product of your tra- traumatic childhood? And I'm like, ooh, all right, <laughs> that <hurts>. thanks. <laughs> thanks, Twitter. <laughs> Yikes. See, that's when you had to step away from the hell rectangle for a day or two. Yep. When it reads you. There was another Twitter one that was like, are you the type of person who is like sleeping your stress away? And I was like, that's an option? <laughs> I am like insomniac to the ninth degree. I'm like literally up all, at all hours just thinking about Mitch McConnell. And oh, you God. bitches are sleeping? Like, that must be nice. I know. I'm like, they're like, are you taking naps? I'm like, I don't understand the question. I don't, what, what are naps? <laughs> nope, that's me. I'm the, I'm the one who's like, who gets super stressed out. And then it's just like, I think I'm just going to take a nap. <laughs> and it doesn't help at all. You wake up equally as stressed out, but you're just, that's your, your solution is just to just fully underground. Okay. Well, I'm going to confess the thing that's working for me then. And I have been, listen, I've been kind of pretending with the rest of you that I can't read anymore. You know, Ah. the people that are like, I can't read anymore. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) You guys, I'm reading fine. You've been reading fine from the start. I've been reading fine. Are you still reading the, like, has your taste changed any with this year? I mean, I like, okay, I, I, I want it to be hard, right? Like, I like a lot of people want it softer, and that has not been working for me. I want, like, suffering and anguish, and, like, I, like, I want everything to be a heart of blood and ashes. Yeah, I've definitely, yeah, cleaved away from sweet or anything resembling sweet. It's like, how close to the edge can we go? Like, exactly. am I uncomfortable? Like, I'm kind of... It's good. Yeah. It's good. Is there a blood <laughs> yeah. hand job in this? Because that's the level yeah. I'm looking for. Yep. And clearly there could have been for, in all of these cases. So, yeah. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> so, Katie, what are you doing? to? So you're writing a lot, yeah. yes. which is, you know, great for you. I, I'm really <laughs> happy for you. <laughs> it's, well, it's just, it's, it's purely, like, I can't even pretend it's for anybody else. It's just like, I can't deal with the real world. So I'm just going to go deal with this other world that has nothing to do with our world and like you'll never see the pandemic or any kind of politics referenced in my books because no (laughs) I don't want to deal with that but you're also like these books you're really like nailing fantasy and I mean you've always been very good at this kind of high fantasy contemporary if I can describe it I mean I know high fantasy has a has a like real meaning but like set that aside but you know (laughs) we're going to talk today about the uh, the Prince books that you wrote, and because um, I think they're amazing, the Thelanian Dynasty mm-hmm. books. Um, but like they have that sort of very fantastical feel to it, and I feel like so. Everyone, we're here to talk about Maynage. We're going to keep sort of 
shooting the shit for a little bit, I think. But <laughs> we're going to talk about menage romance today. And I think part of the joy of menage, and I have been reading a lot of menage over the last couple of months. And I think it's because there is this kind of fantasy to it. Like, it doesn't have much of the drama that I feel like Menage in real life would have. So yeah, it's sort of, yeah. <laughs> it's just a really like nice, fantastical experience um, for me. Yeah, I I say that I write basically paranormal books, but they're contemporary without magic. Like, because it's like mm-hmm. that element of like distance from the real world. Because, you know, sometimes you just need that. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I just, I think that that's really interesting. And I think that, you know, there are certain authors who I instantly think of when I think about, like, who's writing that really, like, fantastical contemporary. And I think about you. I think about, like, Nikki Sloan. I oh, think yeah. about, um, you know, a lot of, you know, we did a whole mafia interstitial with Nisha Sharma earlier this this year. And I feel like all those mafia writers are really, like, nailing that, you know, people. And then, of course, when you sort of edge into, um, you know, erotica, then it's almost like uh, there are no rules, right? So you can just write out of time, out of space, out of quarantine, (laughs) the whole whole thing. Well, they're like pure escapism, like just like popcorn-y. I mean, I mean that in a good way, like not like they're, you know, you're, you're not necessarily because you're getting that full escape from reality. You can kind of like put down the stress for a little bit in a way that you can't with some of the contemporaries that are a little more plugged in with like, oh, this could happen down the street for me or whatever. Uh, you're not feeling that as much with like a lot of these really sexy like menage types. Okay. Cause this is like an interesting conversation to me because I do have friends that are polyamorous. I mean, we probably all do. So, mm-hmm. and that of course is like a really like grounded regular thing where you're like, it is, there is drama and tension about like, you know, the kids and the play dates and you know, whatever, like the regular stuff of life. So is it that like menage romance is like the fantasy, but if it's like polyamorous romance, it's really more just like the regular life stuff. I think it could go. I think there's like probably under that umbrella, like, cause one of my books that I have today is like actually more the polyamorous, not, it's very much like the real elements of like what this would look like in like real life without that rose tinted glasses that we get, that I write, <laughs> that we get yeah. in a lot of these books that it's, I, yeah, I think, it, I think that there are both those types of stories being told within the subgenre for sure. Yeah. Well, wait, yeah. can we take a step back for people who maybe don't read Menage? Like, I, I think it's useful for us to talk about what we're talking about. Um, because I think also, I want to talk to Katie about how you, how you came to Menage as a writer, how you came to it as a reader. I want, I was thinking today about like the books that I read back before Menage was a thing that were Menage, that like kind of edged Mm -hmm. up on top of Menage without like truly getting into it. So, um, can we talk, so Katie, can you give us a sort of sense of what we're talking about today? So, um, Menage is usually three, sometimes more, depending on like where in the subgenre you're reading, um, individuals, I guess like two guys and a lady is probably most common, but it's definitely widely, there's a wide variety available. Um, And they are living in a polyamorous relationship where like the triangle meets on all sides. So everybody has, there's three relationships within the main relationship, right? Is that how math works? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so they, so like in the two guys and a lady, both guys have a relationship with the lady and they have a relation, a uh, sexual relationship with each other. And I mean, I guess that's not strictly accurate. Well, that's my question, right? Because Jen and I have talked many times about series that we love. We're like, we wish the swords crossed. Right. Right. And for us, I mean, for me, I'll just say it like for me, that's really where the money is for me. Like I want, if it's a menage, if it's three or four characters, I want all the characters engaging with each other. But you know, Same. back in the day, like in earlier times in romance, there were a lot of books that were like two brothers and a, and a lady who like mm-hmm. were all in bed together and like didn't touch 
ostensibly, but like as Eric points out, oh, they definitely touched Sarah. (laughs) Someone touched Um, something somewhere for sure. (laughs) So is that a different thing or is that just like older? Like, do we still see? I mean, because it's still very much present and accounted for, I would say. Now there are plenty of people still writing those books where it's like the letters are MFM. So the male, like two guys aren't connecting sexually. Um, I don't, I hesitate to say different subgenre, but I think it has a different, I think it's, it's selling a different fantasy. And one of the things that's like really explicit, for example, okay, I read a lot of this stuff because I think it's really fun and it's really dirty. And I'm just going to say that. So one of the things that I think is really interesting about these books is the ones that are like MFM. And I'm thinking like, Grace Goodwin or like Vanessa Vale. Yes. I want to wait, pause, Jen. I just want to say like, for those of you listening, if I don't know if you just, yeah, if you just joined us for Faded Mates this week and haven't read Katie Robert, the letters mean male and female, right? So MFM means male, female, male, meaning like the only, the middle, the middle letter touches both the other letters. It's complicated. But, you know, before we go on, let's take a second to talk about kind of the weirdness of male and female Mm. kind of lingering in romance um, in this way when so many other places we've, like, really moved away from this, from these terms. Do you want to? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, well, because the, in all other forms of language, both in romance and in life, we've switched to women and men in order to be more thoughtful about sex versus gender. But then there's also the piece of sexuality and the piece of gender as as a non-binary thing. Right. So just in as a general rule, one way to think about it is we use male and female just as like a shorthand, but it because it's easier, I think, and a little um, less complicated, at least right now, than sort of diving into... This book is FF, but one person is bisexual and one person is a lesbian. So it just allows us to, like, unpack that in the book, but have a short fan for describing the characters. Right. So if you're listening to us from the future, we know this is reductive and weird, and surely you have a better way of doing it. But apparently right now we don't. So we'll use it for this purpose, but we want everybody to know. And so MMF is what Katie was describing before, where everybody is touching. And then MFM is the part, is the one where the swords don't cross, so to speak. (laughs) But I mean, in those books, like the Grace Goodwin or Vanessa Vale, like it explicitly states, like the reason that we are doing this is then if something happens to one of us, there'll still be another one to take care of you. Now, of course, it's... Oh, yeah, those alien books, sure. Yes, right? And so it's still the HEA, so we know nothing's ever going to happen to one of them. But it's like double the patriarchy, like double the fun, right? And so there's a way in which those, I think, are are doing something really different. Like, it's selling this story of, like, you're going to have two men. I mean, you know, at your and these are very, like, gender. Um, gender essentialism is very strong in that branch of the Minaj family tree, I would say. Oh, uh, yeah. So my first experience with anything like this was Laura Lee wrote a book a million years ago where there was a hero and a heroine who like, and the hero was like the, all of Laura Lee's, uh, forgive me. I don't remember the name of this book. Like I'm, we'll you find know, it and put in show it's up. fine. Um, but the here, all of Laura Lee's heroes are like deeply broken, like former soldiers, right. Who now are billionaires and like wear tuxedos all the time and go everywhere in a limousine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, fine. So me too. They, so there was like a heroine and a hero and they are going through their like emotional drama that Laura Lee, you know, uh, loves and Laura Lee readers and me eat up. Um, but there's this kind of really sexy guy who it kind of rolls in as the hero's buddy who's going to help the hero fuck the heroine so that he can like unlock his emotions. Right. And like for me at the time, I was like, oh, I'm into this. But like certainly the swords don't cross. But and then at the end of that, like they maybe he maybe exists in the book for maybe a third of the book. And then he just pieces out to like, 
I don't know, go do helping, go help, go sex help other couples. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but so I'm curious about where, like, Katie, did, was there somewhere that, how did you come to Menage, like, as a reader and a writer? So I came to Menage as a reader from, I picked up one of Lauren Dane's books, uh, Undercover. I think it's out of print right now, and I'm hoping that eventually she, if she doesn't have rights back that she gets it back and reprints it. Cause I want that book again. Um, and it's like a sci-fi MMF. So the men have a relationship and the heroine is, um, like the ex person of one of these guys. And they're all in this like military operation for like reasons and they have to be undercover together. And so the men in the intervening time have like created a relationship with each other and so the new guy is like kind of the bridge between them to bridge their broken feelings and help it all heal, but it only works with the three of them together. And so for me, it just, I never, starting there and trying to read MFM always feels like I'm missing some element because I'm like, this is how it could be. Like, this is how it should be. Like, this is really fulfilling for me as a reader. And so that's just kind of like my natural inclination is like, well, of course they should all have sex together. Like that just makes sense. And so I think if I started somewhere else, maybe I'd feel different, maybe, but Mm -hmm. there was just no going back after that point. I'm like, yes, definitely give me more of this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and Jen, what about you? I honestly, I feel like maybe it was the L Kennedy's. Oh, those seal books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although, I read a fair amount of, like, the KU porn kind of track. I'm sorry. I'm, like, one, I'm, like, sometimes I think about, like, my kid one day, like, listening to this. It's fine. Mom loved porn. It's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So do a lot of people. Yeah. Sure. Everybody, really. Honestly, it's great. Um, And I think that one of the things I was, like, really interested in in that series was I felt like there was a a progression like in the series from sort of like um like observing in one case or then like kind of that like it's just a one-off and then at the end of the series there's like a fully formed like relationship and I think that that then became also like like interesting to me is you know to me it's like this isn't just part of our like we're gonna have a good time and And, you know, this will be, like, kind of the fun, crazy thing we're doing. We're getting together as opposed to this is, like, a part of, like, our happiness as people is this relationship. So one of the things that was interesting is that series really, like, starts in one place and then by the end has, like, a a threesome that really ends up being in a committed relationship as opposed to just, like, a one-off, like, night of hot sex. Right. So I guess I would say that that probably was the first time I really remember. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure I binge read that series and I like, so you could like really then see it happening too. Mm -hmm. And then you went to your Kindle and you were like, I got to find all of these. Like, I remember doing that like search on Kindle, that like MMF search, like back before there, back before you knew Katie Robert would like help you. Right. (laughs) That was what they, back before I knew that that's where I needed to be. Like, but you do that search and then you just had all those like Alora's cave, like Mm -hmm. all those publishers who no longer exist. Right. That delivered that kind of very quick one handed menage read. Um, So Katie, you're sort of known in the world as being somebody who like, who, who, really does taboo right. And I mean, I want to be I want to be cognizant of the fact that there are many people in the world who live in polyamorous relationships and like this is not taboo. Um right. but in romance it sort of lives in that kind of taboo space in some ways. So, I wonder Katie if you could talk a little bit about just sort of why we pigeonhole it? Should it live there? Is there a sort of difference between taboo and not taboo? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that previously, I think that the genre, the subgenres opened up quite a bit in the last, like, however many years. Like, take go 10 years back and you probably couldn't find it outside. Or as it was not as common outside of publishers like Alora's Cave or, you know, what the indie scene looked like at that point. Yeah. 
Um, and they were very specifically marketed as like erotic romance or taboo type. And I, I don't think that they're active. I mean, there are books within the Ménage that are marketed as taboo. I mean, I have books that are marketed as taboo, but I think that it's becoming more common to find them as just like, yes, this is how it is. Like, this is just a romance. This is part of a series of other combinations. Like, it's just, it's presented a lot more, I guess, titillating, I guess, in a way that feels really good, like, as an author of it and as a reader of it, just because I don't think that they're inherently taboo because of the nature of the relationship. They can have taboo elements within them, of course, but it's not... It's not that the romance itself mm-hmm. that is taboo, but I think publishers had a lot to do with that initially too, and just like the resistance to put it in, put those types of relationships into books that were not marketed in that very specific way. And so I think that affected like perception as well. I mean, and it does feel like when independent, when independent publishing became you know, as massive as it is right now, it's a huge piece of the romance pie. It felt like we started to see writers like you, like Alicia Rye, like Sierra Simone, um, like Rebecca Weatherspoon tackle, yep. may not, or Holly Trent, like a tackle, like Maynage as a, as just a specialty, <laughs> you know, yeah. right. <laughs> When there's so many different flavors like available of those of like Menage stories that it's just it's so I as a reader, I'm really happy about it because I love like I, I want all of them because the different combinations like make me so happy and just feed a need that just straight up two people romance is doesn't always. So talk more about that. So for me as a reader and a writer, I'm a character driven individual and in that I like like, you know, the character types, like the grumpy one and the sunshine one or whatever, and just like mashing them together and seeing what happens and and seeing other authors do this as well. And so as satisfying as that is with two people, it's in hands of somebody who knows what they're doing, like the authors you listed, it's you add a third element in there and it creates this really intricate dance between three people that is just, uh, it just makes me giddy because it's so, there's so many fun elements and interactions and like, communication like the communication element of Menage stories is probably the one of the most important that you can get away with a lot in just in romances with two people with like mistakes and miscommunications and stuff that you can't necessarily get away with in Menage because the communication is such a vital part that if you, they are not communicating at least on some element it all falls apart and it's just not a believable happily ever after and so that I'm not a great communicator in real life, so being able to read those romances play out in different ways is just, you know, it's really, really satisfying. I think for me, one of the the ways that, like, pushes the boundaries for me as a romance reader is um, I think the sort of promise of the HEA or, like, or like the soulmate idea or, like, the faded mate idea is there's only one. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Being someone's one person is a lot of fucking pressure, right? (laughs) Especially with some heroes in romance. Like, it's a lot to be just that person's only. They need a lot. Go golfing with a fucking friend, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, or, or even like, I, you know, that kind of infamous article where it was everyone, every woman I know, like, passed it around, which was like, you know, men don't have friends. And a lot of women were like, God, that's so real. And so one of the things that I like about that is um, a menage romance is like, no, a relationship is the choice you make to make a relationship. And it doesn't have to be one person. It can be two people. And it's, and t- and that I think is what I like about it is I think it really goes again. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Obviously I love the faded mates narrative. I wouldn't be here, but it's like a corollary in a way that I find really pleasing. Like, no, it's, it's not actually, it's a decision. You well, make. this is where I want to really just fangirl over Katie for a little while. Can we do that, Jen? Okay. Yes. Because <laughs> Katie, you don't mind, right? Obviously. You just take a break. We'll just talk about your books for a second. Um, okay. But here's the thing. So I've been reading Katie for a while. Um, and I, I came to you through, um, the, 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 
the Lanian Dynasty books, the Forever. My favorite one is the second one, which is Forever Theirs. I don't, I can't remember the names of the other ones. That's the one I remember. <laughs> Wait, tell us though, how does it starts? Uh, Theirs for the Night is like my little prequel novella thing that is like their one night stand. And then Forever Theirs is the meat of the story. And then Theirs Ever After is sort of like what happens after they like, you know, in their happily ever after. Like, how does that castle. even work? <laughs> So <laughs> I know, and she's not cut out to be a princess. It's so great. anyway, there's, I mean, like, talk about what we talked about at the beginning with the fantasy and the, I mean, it just packs this powerful, fantastic punch where, you know, not only is it the menage and the love of this sort of being taken care of by, you know, double the patriarchy, double the fun, and also the swords cross, and also, you know, they live in a palace, and also he's he's going to be king. <laughs> like, I mean, these are, and, she, and it's a bodyguard romance. Like, I mean, talk about just trope on top of trope on top of trope. It's perfect. Everyone should go read it. Um, that said, one of the things that I really love about your books, Katie, is that in all of your, and I was trying while Jen was talking to think like if there's one where that doesn't fit into it and maybe there is, but in all the ones that I love and I'm thinking about this one forever theirs, I'm thinking about gifting me to his best friend, which is the like mm. Christmas in July book that you put That's out this year. Thank you. My God, <laughs> Jen and I were texting in the middle of the night about it. And I don't know if you should, you're so prolific that it may not even be your most recent book, but Sacrifice, which is the first in your vampire, in like a new vampire series, which is M-M-M-F? M. Three M's yeah, and an F. three. I mean, I'm <laughs> for it. Um, all of the heroes are already, it's almost like in all of those, the heroine is the one who comes into the relationship. The heroes not necessarily they don't necessarily have a sexual relationship when it starts but they have a powerful relationship although i think they all in all of those they do have a sexual relationship before it starts not yeah. in gifting me to his best well friend. no but they almost no no they don't in that one if only they if only she hadn't turned up <laughs> the timing exactly yes. bad timing <laughs> but they've been wanting to bone bad for timing. a long time so Obviously. And so I think like there is such that's part of the joy of your books, Katie, and so many of these other books that I love, the book the the books that are on my list as like these are the books that I want to talk about. Um and I think about, you know, we've talked on the podcast about Misadventures of a Curvy Girl, which is also like two friends and L. Kennedy's seal books, two friends and and I feel like there is something to what you're saying, Jen, about um, you know, it really does a lot of the heavy emotional lifting when these two guys understand each other, right? And that also goes to, Katie, what you are saying earlier about, like, the grumpy one and the sunshine one. Like, the one who's impenetrable. When there's an intimacy there that's, like, when the, the men specifically have, the, like, some sort of relationship beforehand. Like, the intimacy that's allowed, like, with shorthand is really... I mean, it can do a lot of work without, like, a lot of, like, in-your-face stuff, which is awesome. And also whenever she feels kind of broken down by whatever the relationship is, the other the the other man can sort of translate in a way that's really – that is actually mm -hmm. fully an old-school romance trope where, like, the hero's best friend rolls in for, like, the scene at three-quarters of the way through where he's like, why are you an idiot, Right. The thing about that old school scene, though, is like the the woman was never a part of that. It it was something she knew was happening, but she wasn't really a part of. And now in this like current iteration, it's like being able to like peek into that that relationship between these men as friends or as lovers and then find a, a like a space for yourself in it. And I think that that is part of the appeal of that trope is of like the menage trope is that instead of communication, you know, as Katie pointed out, being more complicated, it's somehow like easier and it's, and the sex is great. I mean, oh, well. I really like, it's cute that we're talking about, I mean, it's cute. We're talking about communication and all, but Katie writes a great sex scene. Oh shit. I mean, come on. I mean, it's kind of nonsensical how good her sex scenes are. Yeah, <laughs> gifting me to his best friend is like what? literally mm. no. It's on I fire. Mean, if it makes you feel better, I was going 
what the entire time I was writing it. I'm like, oh my god. Like, okay, so I want to go back though to the part about like it being taboo because the part one of the scenes in this book is that I thought was like really well done is the feeling right like if I mean I'm not in a polyamorous relationship but the the concern or fear always is like is it is it cheating right I mean I think from the outside and so one of the like really hot scenes in this book (laughs) is the scene where he's he like gives her permission to like pretend that she's cheating are you talking about the hot tub scene and it's no, I'm talking about the scene where she comes out and she's oh, reading yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, I'm going to go to bed, right? And then, and okay, I'm sorry, I can't remember anybody's names and it's a first person blurb, so sorry, Katie, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, I'm always like, well, I don't know, I don't know if these people's fucking names are, I did this, okay. There's like husband and then there's like husband's best friend. No, you know, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think that part where it's kind of like he gives her permission Right. And that's like a really interesting part of it. But like one of my favorite parts in this book is, is she's kind of turned on by it. Like, like who owns this pussy? And he's like, you do. You own your own pussy. And she's like, oh, and he was like, oh, wait, I didn't know we were playing right now. But it is. It's this amazing moment. It's like one of my favorite romance, moments of romance like this year. Yeah. Because it's this clear moment where you get the sense like they know each other so well that they know when it's like fantasy crafting between them. And then there's this part where he wasn't going to cross that line. It's yours. I get it. And it was fascinating because I think that that's like a big part of this dynamic is like, I know that you've always had something for him. And then her saying, I'm going to get your friend involved because I know that you have always had something for him. It's both of them. It's really a fantastic exploration of like the dynamics of all three. I just. mm, Yeah. Well, and also with that book, I mean, it's really terrific and the reason why that book has everything the other reason why it's good and i'm not going to talk about the sex this time because i'm a class act i think that <laughs> i think no for me the last the the real joy of that book the delivery on that book which feels so pervy and delicious right for so long is that at the end there's such beautiful conflict and the conflict is so simple and so artful which is if we try this and it fails I lose the two most important people in my life so this is you know so I'm not necessarily willing to try it like I'm scared to try it and that's a power like that's such a delicate conflict that it really takes a tremendously skilled writer to pay to pull off at any time in any book and you know Katie nails it along with all the hot sex and the you know swords crossing I like it sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah that book has like my favorite couple I've ever like just because the married couple is like so strong they're so into each other they're so like cool with each other and they get it and they oh it's great it's great yeah I really like writing books where it's not like we have a problem and we need a fix and he's the only fix it's more like we're great like we're doing good but you know we could be doing better if like this you know expanded our like little circle I mean and I feel like I know so so can we just, and then we'll start with, then we'll do a little bit of like filling your TBR, everyone. But yeah. um, can we talk a little bit about Sacrifice, which I was so delighted by. Um, it does have an, it ends on a cliffhanger. out already? Oh, that's, that's why. why. I'm like, yeah. I texted yeah, no, you in the middle of the night. It's, I said, don't read did. this yet. It ends on a cliffhanger. But <laughs> I'm not going to even lie. I was thinking about you, Jen, when I was like in the content warning i'm like cliffhanger there's a cliffhanger in here please be aware that's the most important content warning Thank you. there is that's all i need just tell me just tell me yeah. i that's i was like wait why haven't i read this and i was like oh uh, <laughs> one day you'll finish it and i will be there for you in every way and when it comes out when i do finish when i finish it i will text you and say go that's that's a go for jen on this vampire one <laughs> but so what's the story on that when What's the publication schedule on that? Because now I've you've tricked me into <laughs> um, reading the first what third? Uh, I think it's going to be a duet. I had planned a trilogy, but now looking at it, I'm like, I don't know if there's enough like meat. In the I was going to say there's plenty um, so, of meat in this book. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's going to be a duet. 
Um, don't quote me on that. We'll see. I'm writing the first one at like the beginning of the year. So it should release sometime in like those ones come pretty quick. So like end of January, beginning of February ish. Well, I'm very excited. Hopefully the goal is to finish. This I'm very excited. <laughs> I like anything where like someone's magic comes to fruition because of sex. Like that's the best. I'm very for it. Yeah. I think those books like imprinted on me as a teenager because I just, I know like those in like the need of Blake, like a lot of people came into that series early, but I came in at book nine. So it was never like too much. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, this is what it's always been like. <laughs> and so now that I'm dabbling in paranormal, it's just like, I don't know. It's like some Cressley Cole vibes. Like yeah. she's my, you know, the per- my aspiration. Same. So. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so let's talk about some, uh, Maynage books that you really love. Um, so we'll just, I know you brought a couple, how far are we in? Um, oh, great. Wow. Um, so yeah, why don't we, we'll, I mean, we talk, we've said a lot of names, so we'll put all the names that we've said in show notes, but let's talk. So Katie, why don't you start and then we'll just go around and, you know, tell us. Okay. Um, so my first one is Harbor by Rebecca Weatherspoon, which we mentioned earlier. And it's, I think one of her more recent releases, um, it is a male, male, female book. And it's like, I don't know how she writes these books that you I'm going to tell you the premise of it and you're going to be like, no, I don't want that. But it's like, it still feels like a comforting like hug, but it's so these two men, Vaughn and Shaw have a relationship with this lady. And this woman, Brooklyn has is engaged to this guy and the lady and the dude are together and get murdered like while cheating on their people. So they've like, they end up finding each other, the three of them, after the fact, like, because they didn't even know they're being cheated on. And it's like, surprise, you've been cheated on. Also, they're murdered. <laughs> and so they kind of, the story takes place over like 18 months, give or take. And it's like, they like meet and they have this connection, but they're like, no, we're messed up. Like, bye. And then when she finally decides to move on, she has like really unsatisfactory sex with this random dude. And so she texts, one of the guys like, Hey, I just had the worst sex of my life. And he's like, yeah, no, come out to my like house on the water and we'll like, you know, we'll get you. <laughs> and of course it, you know, there's like a lot of trauma bonding, but it just works. Like the communication is so perfect. And the balance of characters is like, like you have the grumpy one who's sort of reserved and not really good with like talking about his emotions and like, and you have like the teddy bear cinnamon roll guy and they've been together this whole time, like without, but it's just the relationship is working, but it's not quite working because there's, you know, unresolved issues. And and then she's just this badass lady that's, like, trying so hard to own every element of it. But there's, like, a level of insecurity and, like, obviously trauma because the person she thought was going to be her person forever cheated on her. And then there's no resolution there because he's dead. And so, again, this sounds awful and super angsty, and it's a little bit angsty, but it's still, like, Rebecca Weatherspoon just has this way of, her books feel like comfort reads, even when they're dealing with really Mm -hmm. heavy topics. And in addition to that, it's kinky as hell and, like, so sexy. (laughs) And, like, I just, it brought me a lot of joy in the midst of, like, a couple weeks ago when things were particularly intense and, like, you know. World but stuff. what you bring up here is really is something really interesting, I think, because one of the value one of the value adds of the menage as a as a plot or as like a concept is that you can put a trauma a, a character going through a certain amount of trauma into this relationship and having two people to sort of bounce off of gives them mm-hmm. a kind of emotional emotional space in some way. So there's the reader and the character who is in trauma can have, it takes them a little longer to get to, to get to open up with both characters. And I think that that's really, it's a really interesting authorial way of managing a truly traumatic experience. You know, cause it's, when it's so she does such interesting stuff with the character dynamics because the men have like the strong relationship like that they've been together this whole time they're probably going to be together forever and but like the soft teddy bear one and her just sort of fall in together but the conflict of personalities comes with her and the grumpy one but the chemistry is almost hotter between them even though they're their inability to communicate their feelings effectively is what's causing a lot of that tension and it's just 
just perfection. <laughs> you want to go next, Sarah? Um, yeah, I have. Well, I'm ha- whatever you go. I mean, it's hard. It's like, honestly, I feel like that was such a nice recap. And I feel like what I have is like 59 books I want to mention. But I want to mention. Um, as per usual, no one will be surprised. As, you by know, this. fine. I mean, <laughs> right. It's. I'm a dirty girl, everybody. Just do, um, do it my style. I could I could talk about this book or this book or this book. But so let me mention um I want to mention a couple histor a historical just cuz I feel like one of the things is this idea that it's only contemporary. So 3 to Love by Rebel Carter. One of the things I really liked about this is um the the woman is her name's Florence. And one of the things I thought was really interesting about this book is a lot of books have a woman, like, falling into a menage relationship. And in this one, Florence is really sure that this is going to be, like, the a satisfying relationship for her. And I, part of it was because of her parents. But um, I think where she had two fathers and a mother. But she is, like, really, um, like, kind of, like, this is what I, and, they, you know, the setup of the, like, sort of, it's, like, Gold Valley. So this is a place where people can, like, live this way and everyone can kind of find the right thing for them. And she's really, like, I really feel like I'm going to be happiest in a relationship like this that's going to be, I think there's this great line where she talks about it being, like, expansive. Like, you know, like, it's going to multiply the love I feel for people. And it's really rooted in her emotions and feelings rather than, like a like a sexual thing at first which I just thought is still I do still think a lot of menage leads with the sex and then ends up in an emotional place and so this felt interesting for for doing something different and um and I think that she then it's really interesting um the line here and I I did have to like look it up on Goodreads is you know her mother gives her this bit of wisdom that's um find the place where love exists and ask for room and so she ends up finding, I know, and I was like, oh, God, I just loved it so oh much. God, I, love I so know, much. right? So I guess I just want to say, I, I do think historicals, there are historical menage books, and this is a great one. And, you know, it is really low conflict, which I also liked. I, I don't, it doesn't have to be that every book like this is like, oh, the drama, no one's going to approve. And so I think it was also just doing a lot of work in terms of showing, like, people knew what they wanted and what would make them happy. And they went out looking for it and you could find it. And because the world is a wide, wonderful place. And so I think that that's like a really cool example of a book that is doing menage, but like really leading with someone knowing they're looking for a polyamorous relationship rather than like, whoops, I fell into one. Rebel is such a good writer, too. I mean, like, I've never read a Rebel Carter book I didn't love. So. Right. right I mean. Right. If you've never. And they're tight and they're fast. I mean, it's yeah. like a really. Yeah. She really great. knows how to do the business. Um, But my my first pick is also a historical, except it's a. um, So it's male, male, female, female. It's MMFF. And it's um by Megan Mulry. And it is not new. It. Um, was published in 2015, which doesn't actually sound that old, but like in romance years, that might as well be like 1950 like years. I mean. <laughs> so, so, um, she had a series a while back called, um, and I don't even know, I, I think she's, she's writing contemporaries now, but she had a series a while back called Regency Reimagined and each, I think it was four books long and each one was, um, a queer, it was, a you know, was some kind of, like, queer relationship in the Regency. And it was the first time, I mean, it was one of the first times I had seen, like, like queer romance in historicals. This, this predates K.J. Charles and Cat Sebastian and Olivia. Wait. Um, and this book is about um, a, a Marquess who uh, needs to marry because of duty, but has a sort of special friend, on the side. And so he walks into this marriage perfectly like happy to marry this woman who is beautiful and sexy and who he's attracted to and who he is very happy to like do the business with, but also have this, you know, special friend on the side. And then lo and behold, it turns out his wife has a special friend also on the side. 
her dear friend Beatrix. And so, and they're, I think they're referred to as like their particular friends. Anna, it's very, so historical, right? And then this Marquis is like, hang on a second. I'm the one who gets a special friend. You don't get a special friend. And they have to go through the sort of like, again, it's like, they have to go through the patriarchy, right? Like, he has to deal with the fact that, like, he doesn't get to just decide what his wife does and does not do. And, like, double standards don't exist. And there's this very, it's, like, a very actually classically historical kind of plot. Like, if you are a historical fan, you will love this because it feels really just, like, big and, like, a totally ordinary historical plot. But the, like, thing that the husband is uppity about is you can't have a lady friend because I'm the only one who gets to have a gentleman friend. So like, it's terrific and very fun. And also it's part, it's part of the series where his sister is in a menage relationship with two husbands. So, I mean, like, it's really fun. It's a very fun, like world that Megan or Megan, I don't know how to pronounce her name built. And it's great. So yeah, I did. I didn't actually know that you were picking Rebel. So there you are, two historicals, doing the business. I know we get it done here at Fade Mates. Um, Katie, do you have another one? I do, and it's a little bit for all my like cross the swords and other various body parts. <laughs> it actually breaks that rule, but um, it's writing her in by Holly. Trent. Oh, this is a terrific series. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I picked it up and I was like, what is this goodness in my if, life? Mm-hmm. If you want so, like a big, huge, heaping sidecar of angst, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It just, yes. Eat it with a spoon. It's uh, so it's a author. I can't remember what genre she writes. It doesn't matter. Um, she is this really popular author who her books are being made into movies and she's had this cover model that she's never met, but on all her books. And it's, she kind of credits him with some of the popularity because he's super gorgeous and like fans love him and it's a whole thing. And so she's in his town or whatever. And he invites her out to drinks like through DM or whatever. And so he shows up with his wife and is like, Hey girl, um, I have like the equivalent of a hall pass. My wife doesn't care. Let's hook up. And which she's like, oh, I mean, I guess like if everybody's down with this and it's all on above board and his wife's like, please sleep with my husband. And so which it starts like that. And it's only supposed to be a one time thing. But her and the wife have this intense connection that nobody expects. And the wife, the husband and wife really, really love each other, like really, really love each other. They just are not she doesn't want to have sex with him. Like she's not interested in it. She doesn't like find him sexually attractive in that way. And she's like, but I want your needs to be met. So wait, I'm sorry. The husband and the wife do not have sex. Are more like best friends. No, they don't. Yeah. They're like best friends. So, which is why this came about because he's like, I don't want to just go sleep with random people. Like, cause I, I respect you too much or like whatever. And she's like, okay, but how about like this author? Like, I know you have a thing for her and like, you should do this thing. Like, it'd be great. And But then, you know, she ends up spending some time with that author, like, the morning after, and, like, they have this connection. And so, fast forward, the author goes home to, like, whatever state, and the wife shows up and is like, hey, girl, Mm -hmm. like, I want to, you know, spend some time with you. And they end up, like, hooking up and having this, like, really intense sexual relationship because it turns out the wife is, like, a lesbian. So, it's them having to navigate that, like... I am attracted to both of you. We are compatible in both ways. You guys love each other desperately, but also there's a lot of elements that her career is somewhat affected. His career is somewhat effective. The wife's career is a thing. Like they have to like navigate all these different elements in order to figure and not to mention he's not super down with it at first. Cause he's like, wait a minute, I'm the one who does <laughs> the thing. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand. Um, so they have to like, it's really angsty, but like in a delicious way that it's just, and they have like them finding their version of happily ever after that you know doesn't look traditional, but it's it's something that works for them in which all their needs are met by the end of it. It's so interesting. I haven't read that Holly Trent, but I just bought it. Um, and I, but I have read <laughs> Menage a Troy's. Have you have you guys read that one? Which is that also yet, no. um, a very similar setup in the sense that it's a. It's such a romancy setup where the the um, husband and wife marry um, because she needs to marry to inherit something, but they don't like 
have sex. They don't have a relationship at all. They, like, they, like, you know, marriage of convenience to themselves. And then um, they, they decide they're going to, like, try for sex. <laughs> like, try to make it work. And he has, or she has a friend, like, he, she, her best friend has always had a thing for her. And he comes and they, like, end up having a hot weekend that then becomes more. And, um... One yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yum. Is it my turn? Yeah, I'm sure. really... Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about All Together by Brill Harper. Another official selection from the Brill Harper Collection. Because I think... I, and here's what I'm going to say. Like, if you get yourself on KU, finding, like, menage, like, kind of erotica is, like, a piece of cake. But I think one of the things I really liked about All Together. I, I, I want to pause on that. Yeah. Just a point of order. Yeah. It might be a piece of cake to find it. But it is, there is a lot of, like, chum in the water of when course. you type in MMF on KU. <laughs> so just, you know, start with us. We're guiding yes. you. No, into no, the no, waters. totally. <laughs> but that's why I feel like these books that we're talking about are like can show you them like as romance, not just as like porn. Although I will yeah. recommend something at the end that I think is really great porn. Um but <laughs> in All Together by by Brill Harper. So it's one of the things there's a couple of really interesting things about it. Well one is it's kind of the reason why I really object to people that only use the word sweet to describe like romance with no sex, because this is one of the sweetest romances I've ever read. And it is also one of the dirtiest romances I've ever read. Right. And it's just, you know, it's three um, college roommates. And, and it, the thing I really like about it is there's three of them and each one has like a, a section that there's, it's their point of view, but it doesn't like bounce around. It's not like, you know, Shane and then it's like it I think it starts with one and then it goes to the second and then it ends with the the third and so I also think that progression because really what it ends up with is um these two friends didn't really the two men didn't really realize that they were bisexual that they had sort of like ignored or kind of just pretended the feelings they had towards each other weren't there but when I think Shane first hooks up with her all of a sudden there's this sense of oh no, I'm feeling like jealous of this, right? And it's just a really terrific romance that shows this progression of like sort of understanding like, hey, I was in love with my friend. We weren't just friends. There was something more. And the arrival of this third person allowed me to like admit to the things that I was feeling. And now we're going to kind of all proceed in the same direction, um, this book also includes educational kissing. Oh yeah, right. Lots she's like she's oh, like puts <laughs> yeah she's put together a list of like all the sex things that she wants that she to, wants like, to try re- yeah. research. Yeah. And the, these guys are like, uh, well, you can research them with us. And she's like, no, no, we're yeah. roommates. That won't work. Except, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that there's some ways in which this plays around with, um, you know, they get caught together and then it's kind of like, oh, no, this is wrong. Right. It's, uh, you know, there's some sense of like, it, you know, the awkwardness, I, you know, of of these. Well, two. what we were talking about, about. Yeah, being... Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely I don't know that I think this is like a perfect book, but I definitely thought that, you know, this idea of like, I really didn't kind of understand who I was and now I do. And we're going to explore this all together. It is, it's terrific. And at some point Sarah told me about it and then I told Twitter about it. And then like, I looked and I was like, oh my God, like everyone was reading this book. And you know what? It's just really, it was, it's what you need. Can I also just like give a shout out for, I mean, I also think one of the, one of the paths that authors who have really committed to writing Maynage and writing it well and writing it with emotional heft have done is really opened a door for um, other other authors to write scenes that involve um, Maynage, like Maynage, one or two Maynage scenes in a book that like are part of a romance that are, that show us like how sexual exploration with a partner can really make a romance happen and really make a romance better. Um, and I want to just shout out, um, unconditional by Isabel love, which 
I don't know that I've ever talked about on the podcast because I probably have because there's the heroin has had a hysterectomy. And so yes, like you have. Right. I, I just think like that's so rare. And I just want to shout about this book all the time. But it's the heroines had a hysterectomy. And she like it's basically friends. The whole book is friends with benefits. And then it like sort of like tumbles into something more. And there is one of the hottest menage scenes I've ever read in this book. And it's you know, just it's there as part of their sexual like journey. Nikki Sloan does this too in her books. Yep. Um, and I, um, and in both of those, in, in Nikki, both Nikki and uh, Isabel Love, there's those scenes in those books are um, with other women, which I think is so rare. Like, I mean, we're, we're seeing yeah. more and more lesbian relationships on the page or like women having sex with women on the page in romance, but. But there's something about it in a menage scene that is so, like, amazing and, like, f- just that breaks so many things because it's not like the other woman isn't a threat. She's adding to the experience and she's a something for both of them, not just, like, you know, like, what is a lot of traditionally, like, sensationalized about, like, threesomes with two women is, you know, it's for him. It's, yeah. like, but in a lot of these scenes, like, especially in Nikki's books. It's not. It's, like, no, it's it's for her. Yeah. And I think that is doing a lot okay, of Okay, so can I now tell everybody the, like, kind of porny one that I, like, really love, though? I'm sorry. I'm not even sad. <laughs> it, but it's, it's, like, really – so it's called – I'm sorry. It's called Apartment Threesome with the three instead, right? And it's – by. Parker Hayes, which I'm pretty sure she just writes, she just, it's like on Kindle Unlimited. She just writes, it's just like, you know, whatever. Anyway, here's the thing I like about it. It starts out as, Sarah, I don't even care. Just listen. You don't have to like defend it. It's fine. I know, but it feels like kind of. (laughs) Katie and I are both buying it right now. It's fine. I'm like, I'm literally buying it right (laughs) now. Here's the thing. It's, it's MFF, which is, even though Katie's like, I don't think there's as much. It's very rare. And instead, these two girls are best friends, these two women, and they're roommates, but they need a third roommate to essentially, like, move into the place because they need a third roommate to make the rent. And it's this guy moves in. And what happens is they both want him. And so they, like, essentially, as, you know, young co-eds do, co-eds, they make an, uh, like, essentially they agree, like, you can have a day with him and I can have a day with him. We'll just share him. And he's like, this is kind of great for me. Okay. But then it ends up being a menage. And these two women, it's like sort of flips a lot of the script on the, like, two men realize they have feelings towards each other. And I'm not saying there's a whole lot of romance here. It is, like, 95% fucking. But it has a very strong... (laughs) like, sense of, like, these two women find that they have feelings towards each other, and it's, it is for them. It's not just for him. And I did, I think it's real hot, and I'm sorry I'm apologizing. I know I shouldn't, but I do still feel like there are ways in which we're, like, pushing the boundaries, and I do feel like every time it's, like, male, female, female, it, it, there is always that, like, normalize, like, women being into each other is what I want to say about all of that. Or like they're performing for like the male gaze. And I did, I did not, I personally did not feel like this book did that. I think it's really hot that it's like these two friends finding each other through the help of this kind of extra man. That's awesome. I'm really excited. I'm going to read that. (laughs) I would like to your opinions in the middle of the night. Katie, we can text tonight. (laughs) We can have late night text. Perfect. (laughs) Um, this was really, really fun. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about it, Katie. We've, we've been meaning to do a Maynash episode for ages, and I, I'm so thrilled that we finally made it happen. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, if you think of any other books, I feel like we should just make a, a, list, a list for all the people who are like, I didn't know these were awesome, and I want to read them all, because I could have talked about yeah, a, a dozen of different books. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was really, really fun. And Katie um, is actually going to be back a while back. She made a donation to a charity to win an episode of Faded Mates. And she's going to be back um, to talk about morality chain romances with us, at least briefly, uh, in the new year. So we're excited. <laughs> Katie, where can we find you? Um, uh, My website is... Uh, Katie, it's Katie with two E's, Robert with no S. Um, and I'm mostly on like Twitter and Instagram these days. It's Katie underscore Robert. And um, this is Faded Mates, and we are back in business. Next week, we are reading The Hating, Hating Game. Game by. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs>
<laughs> Go ahead, tell everyone. <laughs> Sally Thorne, it's so good. <laughs> it's it, we're reading the Hating Game by Sally Thorne, which we really think like launched a thousand ships, and we're going to talk about how. Um, and we're excited about that. You can find us at fatedmates.net or at fatedmates on Twitter or at fatedmatespod on Instagram. If you joined us for Faded States phone banking, we are getting the band back together to call Georgia. We're super excited. Um, We will have information on Twitter and Instagram about that. And in show notes, we will make sure that there is information about Faded States. Um, Georgia is in a runoff. If you can, make donations. John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock um, are going to save democracy with our help. (laughs) So, uh, thanks so much for joining us. And thanks, Katie, again. And See you soon.